I grew up in the city. The city wasn't always big. And, and I was curious. There are two things. First thing that ran through my mind, and, and please, mis, uh, please don't misunderstand me here. I'm, I'm not a huge country music fan, but the song that was going through my mind was I'm Not a Country Boy, A Country Boy at Heart by Ricky Skaggs when I, when I was doing this. But I, I'd like to know how many of you grew up on a farm? Just raise your hand. I mean, that's, that's incredible. Um, and, and we used to live in an agrarian society, but we have changed into an urban society in along, uh, along the way. And, and I, I remember going to my grandparents' house, the, the White family, and, and I love going to the farm. I was there a few weeks ago, and, and, and you know, the, my grandfather, uh, he milked cows, he raised pigs, he had animals everywhere, and uh, sheep and dogs and cats and, and, and the buzzing bees and things like that. He had a garden and it was just fun. You could go and, and run around and play. Well, we just don't have that anymore, it seems. And, and I bet, like I said, so many of you, and it's just incredible how many of you grew up in an agricultural environment. Well, when you look at the parables of Jesus... You'll note that a lot of them had to do with agrarian kind of things, which to me, it's kind of sad in a way that we're kind of urbanized because sometimes we have a hard time really understanding the things that Jesus said. And if you go by Mark's chronology, this parable that we're going to study today was one of the first ones that Jesus told. And, and you know, think about it for just a minute. Weeds and soil and, and uh, you know, that kind of thing. That's what Jesus talked about. He talked about the things that he was looking at. I, uh, I think I told you last week about the, the Bay of Parables. Uh, and it was so fascinating as I read about that, about where, where the guy goes and, and he sees more than likely an area where Jesus was to tell these parables. But the thing that's amazing about Jesus is that he told things that were familiar. The parables that he told were familiar. And we have this one. This comes from uh, the Kingdom New Testament. Once upon a time, a man sowed seed on the ground, and every night he went to bed. Every day he got up, and the seed sprouted and grew without him knowing how it did it. The ground produces crops by itself. First the stalk, then the ear, then the complete corn in the ear. But when the crop is ready, in goes the sickle at once because the harvest has arrived. I remember in typing class. Yes, they used to have typing class. Uh, We had a little blue book. You remember that little blue thing? I mean, it wasn't even this way. It was this way. But one of the sentences that we had to type was this one right here. First the blade, then the ear, and after that the full corn in the ear. And I don't know if it just had a lot of the letters or not, but we typed that in typing class. But as you you look at this parable, it starts like a lot of parables of Jesus. The kingdom of God, or in some cases the kingdom of heaven is like kingdom 
I'm not sure we completely understand that word. Oh yeah, we know what it is, but when we talk about the kingdom of God, and I mentioned this several weeks ago about, you know, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, and dad saying, no, 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 say thy kingdom has come. But I have not been more reminded of kingdom than I have in the last few days with the death of Queen Elizabeth. To see how that nation and, and the nations that she was sovereign over, to see how they have flocked to England to see her, her casket and, and to, to curtsy or to, to nod their head and bow down. And, and it's just been amazing to me to watch this. And God saved the king and, and hip, hip, hooray. I, you know, I think we ought to revive the hip, hip, hooray thing, you know. Uh, we, ought to, we ought to do that sometimes. But they're old rituals. But it helps us to understand the commitment and the dedication to the kingdom. I wish we had that same dedication that they did, they do in England. I, I, I just think that what we need to understand is the kingdom is not finished. I think, you know, and, and I mean no respect for my dad, but, but the kingdom has come. It's almost like, well, it's over. Let's, let's just kind of not worry about it. But God is still work. God is still doing things, and his kingdom continues. And it will not end until he comes again. And then it just kind of begins all over again. Well, what's this parable teach us? Well, I, I think the parable teaches us that the kingdom of God is irresistible. When Jesus came and began his ministry, I imagine the kingdom was pretty small when he started this and, and told this parable. I imagine he didn't have a whole lot of followers at that time. And, it, and, and if you look at the, the scripture, you'll notice that it vacillates. It goes up and it goes down. It has all kinds of followers and then people seem to leave in droves. And then you have the, 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 the triumphal entry into Jerusalem and, and you have all these people and then you have the crucifixion and then you have the baptizing of the 3,000 in Acts chapter 2 and then it just seems to, you know, it just... It's up and down, and so I want you to understand and not get discouraged when it seems that the kingdom is declining. It just means that we've got more work to do. And even when it seems lost, there are still those who keep the faith. I remember years ago, and I, I think I've told you this, but it bears repeating. I was discouraged about something, and I was talking to my dad about some of the good that things were going on. And dad looked at me and he said, there's still a lot of salt in the world. And I thought, how true that is. And when we get down about the kingdom, we need to understand that there's still a lot of salt in the world. But let's bring it down to us. If the kingdom of God is irresistible... If it's one of those kind of things where we, we understand that mm, we draw people to us, what do they see when they see us? Do they see fighting? 
Do they see disunity? Do they see dis, just sectarianism? Do they see obstinance? Because you see, when the kingdom of God is presented in its beauty, it is irresistible. When we act as we should, when we are the church of Jesus Christ, then people want to be a part of it. It is irresistible. And when we present the grace of Jesus, the redemption of God, the salvation available to all, then you cannot resist the kingdom. Nothing, nobody can stop it. It is irresistible. But the kingdom of God is imperceptible. No matter how you watch it, it'll grow imperceptibly. I asked Dean Howard one time, Dean's sitting right back here. I asked him, I said, Dean, could you ever hear the cotton grow when you were growing cotton? You can't see flowers grow. You can't see crops grow. It just, it just seems to happen. One time, Martha and I planted some, some flowers at our house. We planted impatience, and we pla uh, planted salvia, and we planted, uh, uh, um, what was it? <laughs> there were, it was three different things. Um, but anyway, um, we planted these things, and, and it was kind of neat. You know, you're, there they are. They're sitting right there. And, and, and you know, we'd water them and, and come out the next day and say, boy, those, yeah, those are plants. And at least that's what I would say. But, uh, you know, and pretty soon, though, those impatience, they grew and, and they were just massive. And it's like, when did that happen? The kingdom of God is that way. We, we just can't understand. We can't see it. It's imperceptible. It'll just grow and grow and grow. And I want to encourage all of us to go sow seed. We don't have to stand there and watch it. It'll grow. I know this is especially difficult for people. And I, you got to understand, for people like Caleb and Shana who work in, in, in ministry. Because so many times, and it will be to you too, but so many times you put in the effort to, to be kind to people and to, to be Jesus to people, and you don't see any kind of result. But years later, Caleb, you'll see this one day. You probably already have some. A letter will come in the mail. And it'll say, thank you so much for what you've done for me. Thank you for being there. And, and thank you for the investment that you made in me. I know I've told you this story, but I think it bears repeating. And besides that, I forgot when I told it. We're at the World's Fair in 1984, New Orleans. We had, uh, we had one Chinese Bible left. If you've ever been to a World's Fair, they come from really, that's why it's called a World's Fair. They come from all over. And China had an exhibit there, and, and uh, we had an exhibit. The Church of Christ had an exhibit there. And the, the guy who was in charge of the, uh, of the exhibit during my shift said, Jim, I've got to leave. I've got to go home for a few days. You're in charge. I was, man, a young man. Uh, 
And, and I, I was kind of, you know, why did you put me in charge? But he said, we've got one Chinese Bible left. Give it to whoever needs it. I said, okay. So I was working on one side of the, the exhibit. And somebody came over and said, Jim, this, this young man is from China. And he says, we don't have any materials for him. And I said, ah, just a minute. And I, I went around and I pulled out the Chinese Bible. He said, this is all Japanese. And I pulled it out and I laid it up there. And I said, this is for you. And I gave him that Chinese Bible. And he started bowing. Thank you. Thank you very much. And he turned around and walked away. And as he walked away, I thought, who will read that Bible? And I couldn't help but think that I will not know this side of eternity, the influence that Bible had on somebody. Don't ever underestimate what you do when you sow the seed. But the kingdom of God is spontaneous. In verse 28, it says, the soil produces grain, and it says, all by itself. Does it all by itself? The Greek word that's used there is the word where we get our word automatic. It's automatic. It just happens. <clears throat> well, we know that it isn't literally automatic, don't we? We know it's through the Holy Spirit that the growth happens, and we are completely and totally helpless without God. And I don't, I don't know of any farmer that takes credit for his crops. He doesn't say, look what I did. <clears throat> yep, I planted that stuff, and man, it grew, and I did such a good job. I've never heard a farmer say that. The only thing I've ever heard from a farmer is, I've been blessed. God has done great things. Neil Lightfoot, in his book, said, In the spiritual kingdom, whatever growth takes place is due to the operation of God. The sower may sow his seed, but he cannot make it germinate in the human heart. And he can select his seed and prepare the soil, but he cannot make the seed grow. I'm always a little suspicious of preachers who say, we had a gospel meeting and we baptized this many people and we did this and we did that. It seems to me that they want to take credit for what they've done. But I can tell you, any growth that happens is not a result of what I do or what you do. It is a result of what God does. It is spontaneous. Remember the passage from 1 Corinthians 3 where Paul says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God is making it grow. We need to be sowers of the seed. We need to, people, we need to be people who sow the seed and allow God to provide the growth. The kingdom of God is irresistible. The kingdom of God is imperceptible. The kingdom of God is spontaneous. In James chapter 5, he says, Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. 
See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. One of the things that I want you to see in this parable is at the very end. And he says, as soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. Brethren, we need to be looking forward to the harvest. We need to be looking forward to the day that the sickle comes and takes us home. I I love this parable. There's not a whole lot to it. It doesn't seem, but then when you look at it, you realize exactly what Jesus is saying. Maybe, Maybe that seed has entered your heart, and maybe you've You've not done anything, and all of a sudden it's germinating. And it's spontaneous, and it's growing. I want us to all be that way, to let his spirit grow within us and to see the transformation that Dave talked about earlier, the change that happens into our lives because of the wonderful gospel of Jesus. This is a great opportunity. I loved the singing earlier when we sang, Just As I Am. Just as I am without one plea, that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. I'm inviting you to come. Our shepherds will be in the back with their wives. Come as we stand and sing this song.